What does it mean to not be a mother? What does such a life look like? How does it find meaning? These questions lie at the heart of Sheila Hetty's extraordinary, deeply intimate, and also strange book title, Motherhood, published in 2018. The book, The Lines Are Blurred, whether it's a novel or memoir, follows the inner thoughts of the narrator, who is in her late 30s and who is gripped by the question of whether or not to have children. The book is an internal monologue for the most part. We never hear from other characters except when the protagonist shares their words with us. I picked up motherhood because I had heard a lot about it last year. But I've never felt particularly attracted to or called to read the book because A, wanting or not wanting kids is not a question that I feel uncertain about, and B, I was unsure about how the experience of a white woman debating motherhood would overlap or relate to my own. Everyone I knew who was talking about the book, from journalists to booktubers, was white, and so I was unsure and skeptical that I would connect to the book. But author identity aside, it turns out books find you when you need them. Hurrah for public libraries. Over the past week, I've been debating the question of what a life without kids would look like and asking myself the question, does not being a mother mean having less of a life? If one's life doesn't include kids, how does one create a life that is not characterized by sorrow and lack and instead is fulfilling and rich and has joy in it regardless? Almost two weeks ago, and close to the end of my first trimester, I had a miscarriage and it wasn't my first loss that happened at this time, at the end of my first trimester. In some way, reading this book helped me think about these questions a bit closer. So although this is not a podcast about miscarriage specifically, that's a blog post or a podcast episode for another day and another time, whether you are thinking about whether or not you want to have kids, or whether you are struggling to get pregnant, or perhaps you're getting pregnant but you aren't caring to term, or maybe you have kids and you're just finding it exhausting. I wanted to share some thoughts about this book and about motherhood and questions that helped me examine more closely. So here, in no particular order, are my six takeaways from the book. My first takeaway is even when the protagonist agonizes over whether or not to have kids, she acknowledges that it is not always a choice. Hetty writes, It is often said that whether or not to have children is the biggest decision a person can make. That may be true, but it also doesn't mean anything. A decision happens in the private mind of one. It is not an action. For other things to happen in a life, other people must participate. You have to will it. Many things have to collaborate. Life itself has to will it. A decision in the mind is pretty small. It does not make babies. And that was good framing because although so much of the book was about whether or not the protagonist wanted kids, I appreciated the acknowledgement discussion about how at the end of the day, The decision isn't everything. Sometimes a window just closes, or there are other life factors that get involved. My second takeaway is that we need more diverse stories of motherhood. I'm Muslim. And there are different points in this book where Hedy talks about the ambivalence of the universe and the lack of meaning. So through this book, I realize I desperately want to hear from people with similar values and life perspectives work through the questions of what it means to be or not be a mother. I recently read a book called Saffron, Narrated as a Muslim Woman, that I bought in South Africa that did have different chapters about loss and marriage and trying to have kids. The book was interesting and honest, but because the book was an anthology and the stories weren't very long, I found the stories weren't detailed enough. Reading Motherhood, I realized I want to read a book that has the honesty of a book like Motherhood and the familiarity of the woman in Saffron to help me understand myself better. So this book was a reminder we need more diverse storytellers and that we need to encourage and support narratives of many different types of women. The third lesson or reflection for me from this book was that before trying to have kids, you need to reflect on why you want to be a parent. The narrator in Motherhood points out that if you want to have kids to make your mark into the world and leave something that lasts, 
art and your work can do that. The reason you want to mother is because you want to share your love. There are so many people who need love and motherhood who are already born. If you want to be a mother to fill a void in your life or confusion and fogginess that you feel, that confusion and fogginess will not disappear through kids. If you want to carry life in order to have something belong to you, kids are not objects and as Khalil Gibran reminds us, they do not belong to you. And finally, if you want to carry in birth life to belong with your friends or because you're curious, that is not a good enough reason. The question, why do you want to be a mother, is an important question. And you should have kids because you want to have kids. And because you are clear you want kids, and not because the other parts of your life are not working well. One of my favorite passages of the book says, There are so many kinds of life to give birth to in this world, apart from a little human life. And there are children everywhere, and parents needing help everywhere, and so much work to be done, and lives to be affirmed that are not necessarily the lives we would have chosen had we started again. The whole world needs to be mothered. I don't need to invent a brand new life to give the warming effect of my life I imagine mothering would bring. There are lives and duties everywhere just crying out for a mother. That mother could be you. My fourth takeaway is that motherhood necessitates life preparation, evaluation of one's goals and values, and reflection on whether children are at all compatible with the life you have and the life you want to live. Children don't ask to be born, the narrator points out, and if we are bringing someone new into the world, we ought to prepare. In motherhood, the protagonist thinks of dreams she had in younger stages of her life and notices that writing has always been a dream and a part of her life, but she's never imagined herself with kids. When she imagines herself with kids, she also always imagines that moment where she hands them back to their parents. She enjoys sleeping in. She enjoys being able to read and speak to interesting people. She enjoys investing in relationships, and she loves having endless time for herself. Part of the narrative's process of thinking about whether she wants kids is to recognize and acknowledge that it is okay to not want all the changes that having kids brings about in your life. At the same time, she doesn't denigrate motherhood and notes that whether one has kids or doesn't, both are different and equal paths. There is no one right answer for everyone, but doing some self-reflection beforehand is key. My fifth takeaway is that the only way through your pain is through your pain. In her book, Hedy writes, the simplest thing to do with pain is to deceive yourself into thinking it offers you an opportunity. By making it into a game, it becomes something less by which you suffer. By playing with it, you can turn it into the category of things you pick up and can therefore put down. Thinking about your pain puts it in the category of the imaginary. It is wrong to think that the thoughtful escape it, or the very tricky, or the very wise. Those who skip town do not escape it, and those who skip between lovers do not. Drinking is no escape gratitude lists are not. When you stop making a project of trying to escape your pain, it will still be there, but also a realization that the pain is only as much as you can handle. Like a glass of water filled to the brim, the water hovering at the meniscus, not running over. This reflection reminded me that the only way through pain is through it, and for me it made me think of turning to the divine, although I know for other people that turning might be different. It also made me think of a story of a king who asked the advisors to make him a ring that when he was happy would bring him to tears, and when he was sad would make him smile. And what they inscribed in the ring was, this too shall pass. Motherhood's reflections on pain was a reminder that pain is a part of every life, and there are no shortcuts for getting through challenges. And finally, this book was a reminder that you will have full experiences of the world, whether you are a mother or not. Near the end of the book, Hedy writes... I love the people who exist already, and there are so many books to read and so many silences to inhabit. I don't have to live every possible life or to experience that particular love. I know I cannot hide from life. 
that life will give me experiences no matter what I choose. Not having a child is no escape from life. For life will always put me in situations and show me new things and take me to darknesses I wouldn't choose to see and all sorts of treasures of knowledge I cannot comprehend. For me, this book helped me think through what it means to prepare for motherhood, helped me recognize the parts of my life and my identity that need exploration and work and reconciliation, and it put into sharp focus questions that I want to delve into further. Above all, the book was a declaration and statement that although both lives differ, with kids or without, both have possibilities within them. If you've read the book, I'd love to hear from you. Please share what were your takeaways. Leave in a comment below or in an audio note. Till next time, I'm Sugar of the Pasta, and you're listening to Seriously Planning.